Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Monday the 12th of September. Today, I'm joined by Lacey Smith, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, <clears throat> sorry about that. Hi there, Lacey, how are you doing? I'm well, Peter, how are you? <clears throat> Clearly, I'm unable to speak at the moment. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Um, it's not like, you're, you know, you're the first person I've spoke. You know that time you get sometimes when the, you're the first person that, that you speak to in, in the day and you don't know how your voice is going to sound. Um, it wasn't that. I, I don't know what happened. Freak, <laughs> freak accident. Anyway, um, so uh, what did you find most compelling from today's edition of Watson's Daily? Um, the article that I was looking at was the agriculture takes an energy hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the implications that I initially see out of this agricultural issue is, um, number one, why aren't we looking at things like solar power for greenhouses? If greenhouses are going to be affected by um, the energy ind- industry, it seems kind of obvious. Greenhouses take up a lot of space. Mm. They have a lot of roof space. Mm-hmm. Um can't we be using that roof space for solar power? Mm -hmm. Um, The second kind of implication is that if we're having issues with crops, um, although they're talking right now about kind of the salad greens and tomatoes and things like that. um, I noticed you said you you corrected yourself to the the English pronunciation there. You were on the verge verge of saying tomatoes. Anyway, I know, and I just, it's so harsh, I hate it, but no. <laughs> I'm trying to get used to no, tomato. No. No, um, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine, it's all good here, but anyway, yeah, carry on. But yeah, so the implications on how crops can actually affect our meat sources as well, because mm. in the U.S., a lot of those crops that are being grown um, are being fed to cows, mm-hmm. and so when we're looking at that kind of implication, it's not going to just affect our produce, but it's going to affect being able to keep our meat fed. Mm-hmm. So when we look at this, I kind of think about the ideas of there's been talk about producing meat in the lab Mm -hmm. is there going to be a boom in lab created meat maybe because it's kind of the only option if we can't Mm -hmm. keep animals alive um and then the third thing i kind of thought for the agriculture is the advertisement of foods that are healthy and plant-based but Mm -hmm. not raw plants so like in the 1950s there was a really big boom that canned goods or Mm -hmm. goods in a tin were healthy because that's what they wanted you to eat at the time. So mm-hmm. right now, if we can't access raw plants, mm-hmm. are some of those like plant-based industries that, hey, look at us, you can still eat plant-based things, get the nutrients in, but you're not relying on the raw plants. Mm. Um, and maybe they're going to keep their prices a little bit more down <laughs> from mm. that. So mm. those are kind of the things I was thinking on yeah the agricultural industry yeah i mean it's 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 very interesting isn't it i mean um we really do take um the provision of energy uh, for granted um and uh, those kinds of uh, greenhouses that that rely on a lot of electricity etc that are go- are going to be um you know their their, their electricity bills are just going to be uh, r- r- ridiculous um levels so um i mean this is something obviously that um they are discussing at the moment in Europe and trying to get everyone to agree. Uh, obviously, um, 
in the UK, we're trying to do it as well. Um, there's there's expected to be some kind of announcement this week on more details, fleshing out what they said last week um, on um, uh, guarantees for businesses with regards to prices and, and things like that for, um, um, for electricity. But anyway, um, I think this is amazing. I think yeah, you would have thought, uh, like you said, um, if they if they're not putting solar panels on all the roofs of all the greenhouses, um, you know, at the moment, why not? I mean, may, maybe there's an element of you need natural light in these places as well, and maybe that would cut down. I don't know, but I do that know. That's what I was. Yeah. I was kind of thinking that as well. Where like, yes, having a solar panel on top might hinder the light getting into the greenhouse, which kind mm. of defeats the purpose of a greenhouse. But at mm. the same time we've seen developments and kind of clear solar panels. Exactly. I was just um, going to say that. That's a fairly, yeah. yeah, I'm like, that's a fairly new concept, but mm. we even have a couple in the Canary Wharf area, the clear mm-hmm. um, roof mm-hmm. solar panels. So if that's something that's developing, it seems like a natural thing that would work really well for greenhouses because yeah. you still get the natural light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I well. think that's, 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 uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, so I thought that was that was very interesting, and then um, I guess I, I was always uh, I was also thinking as well about that. Um, there's been a lot of talk in the past of um, vertical farming, where you have um, you can, especially with salads, is is what I've seen it with. I I don't think you can grow potatoes like this, but um, uh, where you can grow them in places that aren't outside, you can grow them inside, and there were sort of ideas that you could go to supermarket and there would be a wall of salad um that you could just go and pick your salad from the the salad that is actually growing in the in the supermarket now i have to say i find that's quite a bizarre concept and i don't know the practicalities of that um you know uh, what, what would you do would you would you abandon your trolley and climb off a ladder or if he goes, I mean, you know, what do they do? Uh, but anyway, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. when you brought up the potatoes, I was just imagining someone because potatoes are a root vegetable. So I'm just imagining someone sticking their hands like in the dirt. I know. That would be great. Having to like dig out their own. Yeah. It'd be like, this is, hey, look at this. This is, this is real. You know, going home and saying to your family, look, look, I'm growing some lots of real stuff here um you know still got dirt on it exactly exactly so so anyway so i i think that um you know this is interesting obviously um this is a a major uh this this would be a major problem actually the other thing um you know when you were talking just there it just made me also think as well about maybe the this whole meat alternatives thing um now as far as i know that is uh less capital intensive so um than than um than say meat or uh, meat processing anyway um and you know i know i remember that during during lockdown and, and when there were meat shortages in in america because of the um the staff at, at uh, slaughterhouses all getting covid because they're all in cl- close proximity Mm-hmm. and in in very cold and cold conditions um you know one of the virtues of meat uh, alternatives was there you know there weren't there wasn't this uh you know uh, obviously they're not using uh, meat so they don't have to worry uh, they're not using animals so they don't have to worry about that um but you uh, but and also there's not there's not the need for all those people in the same place but you do wonder as well how i wonder what their electricity bills are like because 
you would have thought that the processing for because it you know it's not it's not easy to produce what they what they do so you would imagine that there's a lot of machinery and things involved there and maybe that's an in- energy intensive industry as well i mean i don't know i'm just guessing here but um i would have thought that there's there's a bit of that as well maybe involved that, but... that and i wonder are they able to produce the amount that they need to meet the demand yeah. and the other piece for me is i personally still definitely have an aversion to lab created meat like Mm. (laughs) it's just the thought of how is like in my head i'm like how is that meat if it's made in a lab i mean yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah i can accept the idea of having a false heart or something put in me but i can't accept the idea of eating a steak that's made in a lab (laughs) yeah it is weird but i do i think that maybe shortages and prices and stuff like that will change people's minds maybe but um but anyway yeah but even that you know lab grown meat surely that requires a lot of um i'm I'm thinking that you're you're not walking around a lab with a with a watering can um <laughs> and, water, <laughs> and, and doing that you know i'm I'm thinking there's, there's got to be some sort of electricity going on somewhere as well so i mean you basically just can't get away from it really um exactly. so so yeah so anyway so it looks like um a, a winter a, a salad a, or um, a saladless winter. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, not that. I suppose, in a way, um, you know, people eat less salads during winter. I don't know, but um, um, but um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, it it doesn't look good at the moment, and this just puts more pressure on the governments, um, lawmakers, etc., to do something about this energy crisis. Yeah. Anyway, I think we'll move on to um, the next uh, next topic. So. Um, today, I thought I would pick um, EV bottlenecks. So um, there are a lot of uh, uh, very nice uh, targets and goals and things for the switch um, from internal combustion engines to electric powered vehicles. Um, various countries are looking at um, phasing out engine driven vehicles by 2040 or earlier. In our case, it's earlier. We're looking at 2030. But um, I am very sceptical about this. And I think that the whole energy crisis thing as well has just um, brought this to the fore. Uh, Because at the moment, I read something somewhere that that said that um, of all the vehicles on the roads at the moment, it's something like 10% uh, in the world, you know, of the world's uh, vehicles are electric powered. Now, that would suggest that um, that uh, you know if we are to meet these goals, that figure has got to rise considerably, but it's got to rise considerably um, at a at a time when energy prices are so high, um, and I think that that this is this is the wrong time um, to be buying electric or you know pushing electric vehicles i mean you've got um you've got uh, a a a potential global recession um because of because of rising global inflation so people are feeling poorer um cars the electric vehicles themselves are more are still quite a lot more expensive than their internal combustion equivalents um, and that is because of, and that I was referring to in today's Watson's Daily about um, how um, uh, uh, how banks 
aren't making this easy because um, lending, you know, when you get a car loan, it's more expensive um, to do it for an electric vehicle, for instance. Um, and then you've got the other the other problem of investment, uh, ongoing investments in, in electric vehicles as well, because um, the problem is, is that um, someone from so uh, the co-chairman of the Global Battery Alliance, um, the, uh, someone called uh, Benedict Sobotka, says that um, the current ESG rules, which would uh, ban um, comp- uh, investors from buying into mining companies that say have a lot of presence in the Democratic Republic of Congo or um, other companies that are engaged in mining um, uh, uh, raw materials for batteries but in a in a way that's um, that doesn't that doesn't chime with um, current ESG rules. So basically, he's saying that um, you're you're actually um, they're getting less investment um, into, and and they're saying that there's there's a lot of hypocrisy because a lot of ESG funds will um, invest in, say, Tesla, but they won't invest in the suppliers of Tesla who supply the raw materials because of ESG concerns. So it's a very it's a very strange thing, and I think there's a lot of these things sort of all coming together, which, which make it look, I think, very unlikely that we are going to meet those targets. I mean, I know I'm sticking my neck out here for something that's not going to happen, you know, or not supposed to happen for eight years. But I just think that um, at the moment, EV prices are going up, not down, because of the price of batteries. Um, and, and I don't see that getting much better. And, you know, even so, if to actually power a vehicle these days, electric vehicle is getting more expensive, not less expensive because of the price of electricity. So why would people even bother, you know, buying? You might as well, um, like I say, stick with your I think I I said this last week, might as well stick with your um, internal combustion engine vehicle and hang on until things are a bit better. and I do have to wonder with that, with the pricing piece as well. Yeah. Um, if the government got involved in this, would that be helpful? Do you think like if there were subsidies, like if you have, if you're going to buy a new electric mm. vehicle, we'll give you some sort of bump back or a tax deduction yeah. or something like that. Cause I know they've done that in the States with a couple things yeah. like solar panels and electric cars. So mm. is that, even enough to make it worth it at this point. I think that that ship has sailed in the UK. Yeah. Um, we've. I think that recently we have got rid of the last vestiges of subsidies for electric vehicles, so they are now completely on their own. So I think to bring it back, it would be. I think it's unlikely, and it's it's now. I'd say now it's even more unlikely because if you think of how much this. Um, you know, the current uh, sort of electricity provision, um, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, measures that how much this is going to cost. I think that subsidising the take up of electric vehicles um, is going to be way down on the agenda because, you know, uh, we were saying last week that um, the cost of of subsidising electricity for households and now for um, uh, businesses so that's not the details aren't even hammered out there uh, are going to cost anything from 150 to 
170 billion pounds. Um, so I think it would be a lot easier and m- more justifiable now to um, to to say actually we did say 2030, but actually it's going to be 2035. For instance, plus the other thing as well, you could say that, um, you know, if you are in charge, you could say, well, look, that was what the old administration said, but we are now in different circumstances. They made that decision when we weren't all scraping around for electricity. So we are taking the stance that this is going to happen. Uh, And I think I, I would have thought that's the easier thing rather than sticking with some arbitrary year why not um you know why not sort of delay it because that's not going to cost you anything really um uh, versus versus sticking to it and spending loads of money that we don't have um and potentially incurring even more debt by um by providing subsidies for electric vehicles i think that they're going to just want the manufacturers to improve their processes and, and things and I have to wonder also, why are we focusing so much on electric vehicles? If I know that maybe the energy crisis wasn't super predictable or something that we really thought would affect us as much as it is. Mm. But why are we looking at electric vehicles if electricity is going to be a problem? Mm. Um, are there other options for us? I mean, hydrogen powered comes to mind mm. um, because maybe that would be a resource that we're actually able to access versus mm. all of the natural resources inside of a battery that mm. we just can't really access within that ESG context anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. And I, you know, I've often wondered about how we are pouring or we, uh, so much money has been poured into a technology, which is essentially a few decades old and we're kind of refining. I mean, I know this sounds like I'm really belittling it. I'm not, it's just that it's a case of we're using old technology, pouring so much money into that and, and less, into other technologies like hydrogen uh you know like hydrogen fuel cells um so yeah i mean i it's a difficult time um electric vehicles sound good but they are not perfect certainly from an environmental um point of view um and i think that the current situation is could potentially delay the rollout and uh, of of electric vehicles and certainly it's going to mean that sales aren't going to be stellar for for some time to come because people are just going to have less money to spend on this and the case for buying electric vehicle is not as compelling as as it once was in terms of um, cost of running anyway um i think we'll finish there um but um uh, thank you very much, uh, Lacey, um, for your for your thoughts today. Um, and we will be back tomorrow um, with more exciting stuff um, from the world of business and financial markets. And uh, yeah, thank you very much indeed um, for your thoughts, thank you, Lacey. Peter. No problem. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.